Welcome to the Jewish and Spiritual Podcast, a podcast where we talk everything Jewish, where we go deep into our neshama to create a beautiful Jewish life. I'm Caro, your host from Los Angeles. Shalom, haverim sheli. Hello, my beautiful friends. How are you? It feels so good to be back. I am really excited to be here and that you are joining me for the very first episode of this new season and new podcast vibe called Jewish and Spiritual, a podcast where we talk everything Jewish, where we go deep into our neshama and where we talk all things ruhani. Can you tell I have an Israeli shinshin living in my house right now? Want to be on in my Hebrew lessons? So haverim sheli means my friends. The neshama is your soul and ruhani means the spiritual. If you haven't listened to episode 66 in season one, I want to invite you to listen to it. I tell you all about how the universe has sent this young woman to our life. Hila is her name. It means halo. She arrived at our home on August 13. She's a beautiful 18-year-old. She's confident. She's full of energy. And she is here from the north of Israel and staying with us for a few months. And we are just very excited to have her. And we can't wait to know her better over the next few weeks and months. And of course, spending the high holidays with her. And I will share more of that with you in the future episodes. In today's episode... And as I am embarking and embarking you all on my Jewish and spiritual journey, I would like to share with you a little bit of the story of why I decided to go Jewish and spiritual and why or how rather that process has truly fruitioned in me throughout all of season one, but also throughout the past year and to some degree throughout all of my adult life. As you might already know, I grew up in Paris, in a quiet neighborhood of Paris, not far from the Jewish district uh, in the 4th arrondissement of Paris, yet not in a Jewish neighborhood. And so growing up, I just didn't have many Jewish friends. And for the high holidays, for example, and being in a public school in a majorly Catholic country, you just didn't get the day off. And I remember not being very comfortable talking about what it was like to be Jewish and about Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur and how, you know, things were done in my family in terms of celebrations and going to bed late on those nights. And I remember to this day feeling like I was different, but not different in a very good way, in a very comfortable way. Because when you're a kid, feeling different than the majority leaves you kind of, you know, feeling like you're part of the minority. And when you're a kid, you usually prefer to blend in than to feel different. And sadly, that feeling has stayed with me pretty much until my mid-20s, when I moved to New York for my first job after a few years in college in South Carolina. So it was my early days in New York and my uncle and my aunt, my mom's brother and his wife, who were living midtown in Manhattan, had offered me to join them to attend a Shabbat service on the Upper West Side. So at the time, I was working midtown in the Sony building and I was living on the Upper East Side in a small penthouse flat that I was sharing with a Swedish roommate it was on 84th Street and 3rd, if you know Manhattan a little bit. 
So I didn't know the West Side very well, apart from, you know, having eaten at the iconic Barney Green, green Grass for their amazing lox and bagels. And of course, I knew Zabar's when I could afford it. But, you know, and, and that kind of makes me smile now because, of course, you know, of course, my few first discoveries of a new area, you know, had to always, you know, had to be about food and still have to start with food. How very Jewish, right? So back to the story. The synagogue that they were taking me to was called, and still today is called, B'nai Jeshurun. And at that time, the community was holding the Shabbat service not in the synagogue that is actually located on 88th between Broadway and West End, like not in the actual building of the synagogue, but at the nearby church at the corner of 86th Street and West End, which if you ever visited, it's a massive church. And the reason that that they were doing that was because there had been a fire at the synagogue and the synagogue was undergoing major renovation. So the synagogue was actually renting the church's space on Friday nights and Saturday mornings and since luckily for us, Shabbat times and Sunday mass never fall on the same days, then it worked. So the Shabbat service was like something not even in my wildest dream that I would have Im ever imagined, you know, could exist. There were about, I don't know, 1500 Jewish people, if not more, attending the service every Friday nights. The space in the church, as I said, was very big. There was an upstairs, there was a downstairs, and the energy was like no other. The crowd was of all ages, and everyone felt very welcome, and everyone was happy. Everyone was joyful. And whether you were married, whether you were single, whether you were straight or gay, and matrilineal or patrilineal Jew or converted, whether you knew Hebrew or how to read the prayers or not, whether you knew what to do even, or had even attended a Shabbat service before or not, it did not matter. What mattered was the togetherness, was the being there, was the showing up both for your own, you know, discovery and healing, but also showing up for one another. The rabbis and the cantor were all Argentinian Jews. The music was insane. And if you know me, you know that besides food, music is my thing. And when the music is good, it's good. <laughs> so everyone was dancing and holding hands and everybody was together. Everybody was smiling, singing Le Chadodi with incredible passion and warmth. And with everyone kind of going in and out of the aisles, grabbing new hands on the way. It was like, I don't know, it was like a Jewish wedding every Friday nights. And I will tell you, even on the worst, rainy, cold, snowy New York days, I slept to the Upper West Side for that Shabbat service every single week. I would arrive there on Fridays at 6 p.m., feeling pretty wiped out from my long work week, and I would come out an hour and a half later feeling beyond energized and ready to embrace my Shabbat time and my weekend with joy and with peace and with so much excitement and, and happiness inside of me. I've never done drugs, but that service used to give me a boost of pleasure 
that was just so very unique, it kind of became my weekly addiction. I'll tell you, on Simchat Torah, we would literally take the Torahs out to the street, and the street is West End Avenue, which is not a small hidden road, um, if you know a little bit about New York, and we would just dance and celebrate the Torah around the Torahs for hours. And all of that for the sort of very Jewishly reserved Sephardi Tunisian girl from Paris that I was, the girl who never felt safe to really tell anyone that she was Jewish, this was almost like being alive for the first time. And to this day, 20 plus years later, I still cherish these memories and the friendships that I've made there. On that note, a little hello to my friends, David Israel, Cheryl Stoller, and Melissa Liberzon, to just name a few. Now, fast forward. After New York, I lived in London. And I loved London and my Jewish experience there was great. You know, there's also a big Jewish community in London, but it was way more, you know, much more conservative experience. And then from London in 2004, 2004, I moved to Dubai to be with my fiance, my husband now, who was working there at the time. And as you can imagine, there was no Jewish experience there in Dubai, even though my mother kept telling me, I'm sure there's a Chabad somewhere. I'm sure there's a Chabad. You should ask. You should ask. <laughs> Who was I going to ask? You know, was I going to walk around with a sign Chabad anywhere? So if there was a Chabad in four years, I never found it. And High Holidays was just the two of us at home with a feast when we couldn't travel to be with our family. Actually, we met a Jewish couple, like literally, I think it was a few months, just a few months before we left. They were South African Jews, but that was it. Um, and so then in 2000, end of seven and 2008, we moved to, to Mumbai in India again for his work. And there we had a few Jewish friends some we're still very close with today, but the community was very small. So, you know, we went to the Blue Synagogue for some services, you know, down by the Taj Hotel. But, you know, even finding a minion was a struggle. So that just tells you how, you know, small the community was. Now, for the past 10 years, we have been living in Los Angeles and the community here is big and diverse and wonderful. Yet, in my opinion, no service has come close to the incredible experience I have felt at BJ, Bene Jeshrin. And the reason why I'm taking you on this memory lane here is that with having podcasted, spoken here on this mic now for well over a year, I have grown and evolved to really finding my own voice more and more, better and better. And I have felt this need also more and more to show up as me, as fully me. And that fully me had to include or maybe even had to start with my being Jewish and no longer with my being quietly Jewish, but with my being proudly and very much unapologetically Jewish. And coming to this realization, coming to the truth and the love with my own and full identity just really feels right. It links me to my roots and to my beloved ancestors 
And by that, I particularly think of my maternal grandparents who my lost not that long ago and to whom I was just so very attached. And also to, it's kind of bringing me to facing the fact that there are 0.2% Jews in the world only. And that sadly, as low, as ridiculously low as this number is, Jews are still very much discriminated upon everywhere and every day. And this is why I want to also play a role in my community and for my community. I want to stand up for my Jewish community. I also want to get rid of the shame. Maybe it's not the shame. It's actually, it's not the shame. It's the fear rather, right? The fear of this, of judgment or, or, or unsafe. And I want to embrace the purity and the love and the integrity that come with being Jewish. And the other piece I want to bring to you here in this podcast, as as it says it in the title, is my spirituality. I believe, I know we are all energy. I believe we are all connected. I believe in the universal laws. I believe that what we think about, we attract more of it into our lives. And that positive thoughts bring positive results, while negative thoughts bring negative outcomes. I am very lucky to live a very blessed life, but I will tell you that I have always had a vision in my life. I I still do. I had then. And, and that vision, I have, and those visions that I've had, I've always manifested in my life. They, they have come to me. I have manifested for the accomplishments that I have achieved and for the incredible people in my life, starting with my amazing husband, who has been my soulmate for almost 21 years and whom I had really visualized in so much details um, that he came to me just exactly and as perfectly as he was and as I had envisioned my partner to be. And in this podcast, I want to bring you my knowledge as a certified life and manifesting coach, but also I want to bring you love and support as a modern Jewish woman, as a mother, as a sister, as a daughter to help you, to, to help guide you to find your own purpose and to help you attract and manifest to you the beautiful Jewish life you are also dreaming of. And to help you further, I have also created a Facebook group. It's called Jewish and Spiritual as well, where you and your friends and your families are all welcome, no matter how little or how very Jewish you are, no matter your gender, no matter where you're from, no matter if you have a clue about how to pray and how to do things Jewish or not. I don't know where you all are in your Jewish and spiritual journeys yet, but my intentions are, and if you've seen the movie Avatar, you'll know what I'm talking about. My intentions with this podcast and with the Facebook group are to create a tree of souls, a tree of souls you can come to for positive energy and for connection and for belonging and for support and for unconditional love. I want this podcast and the Facebook group to be a place where we can get rid of the shoulds and the shouldn'ts. Shouldn't eat this, shouldn't do it this way. And 
and also where we can get rid of the Jewish imposter syndrome, which I have so often felt myself from not having been brought up very religiously and too often feeling not Jewish enough, feeling like I didn't have a clue about the prayer for the washing of the hands or about all the kosher rules. And that was a little embarrassing at times. And you know what? In the end, it's not about how well we read Hebrew and if we are 100% Jewish from our mother or if we are only Jewish from our father or if we are Jewish through conversion. It doesn't matter. It's all about embracing and loving being Jewish, each in our own ways. There are no right and no wrong. It's about being an inclusive community and understanding that we are one and that together we are so much stronger. And it's about being Jewish with all our hearts and our souls, right? The tree of souls, our neshama. And about what we do with our beautiful Jewishness so that the 0.2% can thrive and can grow. And that beautiful mission that I have can only come from one place. And that is love. And that is what I intend to give you here in this podcast and in the Facebook group. So please join us. So before we close this episode of the Jewish and Spiritual Podcast, I would like to invite you to follow the podcast so that you receive the episodes weekly. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts so more of our Jewish friends around the country and around the world can find it and can benefit from this podcast into their life. And also, I want to invite you to tag me on Instagram at Jewish and Spiritual when you're listening to this episode. And last but not least, please, please, please come and join us on Facebook in the Jewish and Spiritual group. I will post a link to the group in the show notes. Come and tell us a little bit about you in the group, where you're from, and how I and how we, the community, can can really help you best because this is what a community is for and this is what this group is about. In the next episode of this podcast, I'm going to speak about Rosh Hashanah and the energy. 5782 is around the corner. It's time to set your intentions for the year to come and to raise your vibes really high so that you can not only make a difference in your life, but also in the life of your community and beyond. Remember, my friends, we are all energy. Everything is energy, even our emotions, especially our emotions. So if we want to attract more abundance, more love and more connection into our lives, it starts with understanding how our thoughts create our emotions and all of the result in our life. And there is no better time than Rosh Hashanah to clean out the old and bring in the new. Life is a beautiful journey, but not a journey we should be traveling alone. I am here for you and the community is here for you. Everything you need is within your power and your power, Haverim Sheli, is all within you. We are like magnets, like attract like. So start visualizing your year ahead. See it, feel it. This is where actions begins. Hit follow to this podcast, join the group, join the Tree of Souls, and let's start creating your incredible life. Let's be the energy we want to attract. Let's be Jewish and spiritual. I love you all. Shabbat Shalom. Ciao, ciao.
חברים שלי, my beautiful friends. If you are interested in one-on-one private coaching with me, I would love to work with you so that you can start attracting what you have always wanted in your life. Sign up for a free session with me on my calendar. You will find the link in the show notes. I truly look forward to meeting you and to helping you create the beautiful Jewish life you deserve.